Hi there, welcome to Mosaic Intercultural Church, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I'm the Executive Director and Pastor of Mosaic, and I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Mosaic, you can find us online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com. pray that tonight you would increase our ability to receive from you and we pray that you would um, that you would pour out blessing on us God continue this beautiful work that you're doing among us thank you for what you've given to me I offer back to you father with love and with gratitude and uh, and look forward to um, to what you have for us all together and pray this in Jesus name amen Well, happy Easter still, friends. Jesus is still alive. He is risen and he reigns forevermore. And we are celebrating this Easter season that Jesus is alive. He has conquered death. He has conquered sin. He has provided a way for us to have eternal life and to have communion with our creator in him through his death and resurrection and the pouring out of his spirit. Uh, This Easter season, we've been going through the book of 1 John together. And tonight we continue on that journey. And uh, we're going to read this passage that has, I mean, each sentence in this passage is overflowing with meaning and insight and uh, could nourish us for a year. Um, But we're going to focus on three images to help us uh, understand and to help us focus our attention and our response to Jesus tonight. And um, my prayer is that you will hear something from God, and that you'll be freed to receive his life and to share his life generously with others. So let's read from 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 24. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, How can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to focus our attention on on verse 23, where it says, This is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. I think that that verse ties together everything in this passage. From the beginning where it talks about how we know love only in one way. Because 
Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That is how we know what love is. The God who is love showed love to us in Jesus Christ. And, and then we obviously need to live that way. We need to lay down our lives for, for each other practically. We need to do it with our deeds. We need to serve each other. But then in verse 19, the elder says, this is how we know, we know that we belong to the truth and this is how we set our hearts at rest in God's presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Because none of us really loves others to the full, right? Not yet. But then he says, if our, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we do have confidence before God. So it's possible for our hearts not to condemn us. It's possible for us to have confidence before God. And we receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. He's repeating himself. He's bringing us back again to that call to love each other. And the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. So this central verse, verse 23 Keeping God's command, which is to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us, this ties together all of the ideas from the beginning where he talks about Jesus laying down his life and how we need to lay down our lives for one another all the way through to um, what happens when our hearts condemn us and how we come to peace in God's presence. And then in the end, how we know that God lives in us because the spirit of God is testifying within us and the, and the, the movement of the spirit always leads us to keep God's commands, which are what? To, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. So we want to talk tonight about what it means to believe in the name of God's son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. And this, um, this is obviously a very central part of our faith. And it's something that uh, we, I think, talk about implicitly a lot of the time, but I want to give us an image tonight that I think fits our testimony time and it fits this season of our, of our life. Um, and it helps us, I think, uh, enjoy the gift of believing in Jesus Christ. So on the one side of it, we have belief as understanding certain things to be true, right? So I believe that uh, the sun is going to rise tomorrow. I believe that because the sun rises every day and I understand that the motion of the planets is not going to stop anytime soon. And so I know the sun will, the sun will rise tomorrow. That's great. I know that. And I believe it. And I can be confident about that, right? And so there are things about Jesus that we know are true. We know will always be true. And we confess those things when we say we believe in God the Father, right? When we, when we proclaim the creed, we confess our faith. We believe these things to be true. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. He's the only son of God. He died. He lived. He died. He rose again on the third day. And he now reigns at the Father's right hand. And we, can, and we know, we understand that when Jesus did that, when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, he defeated death itself. He overcame the power of sin. He overcame the power of disease and destruction. And he brings life now to all humanity. We can understand that these things are true. But it's a different thing to understand that these things are true and to agree that they are true. That's, that's different from believing in the fullest sense. Making your life depend 
on those realities. And the picture I want to give you of the difference is this. It's a picture of a hammock. And this comes from the Motelone indigenous tribe down in Colombia and Venezuela in, uh, in South America. The Motelone people um, would hang hammocks in their, in their rooms where they would sleep. And the hammocks were quite high. And when they received the gospel, in their language, the word for faith or the word for belief was the same word as throwing your body up high onto that hammock and letting the hammock carry you. Now, I don't know what your experience is with hammocks, but when I was a kid, um, we would go, well, actually in our backyard, we would get out the hammock, my sisters and I, this nylon hammock, and we would wrestle and fight about who would get to lie in it first. We'd string it out between the trees and we'd tie it. And then we'd, we'd wrestle with it. We'd figure out, okay, it's my turn. And then we would get onto that hammock. But the thing is, it was, I was always nervous. And I still get nervous today. When I tie a hammock, I'm always nervous that first time that I take my feet off the ground. Because I know that my knots are solid. In my head, I know my knots are solid. I know that I did a good job tying those knots. And I know that the rope should be strong enough to hold me. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? Maybe the rope deteriorated. Maybe the UV rays actually like penetrated the polypropylene and now it's just going to like bust and break. And so I tie it up between the trees. I put my bum down and I lean back. And in that nervous moment, I lift my feet up. And then I come to rest on a hammock that is strong and reliable. I put my faith in the hammock. And for us, when we put our faith in Jesus in that way, Jesus becomes our living hammock, the one that carries us, the one where we find rest, rest for our souls. Man, we need that, don't we? Jesus is our living hammock. He's the one that we can throw our lives onto and trust that he will catch us and carry us. And even if we are not sure we can't feel that the hammock's there. He's still holding us. He's still carrying us when we believe in his name. And so what that means is that we live our lives as though it is true, because it is true that Jesus died and rose from the dead. We, we actually open ourselves up to the experience of forgiveness of sins. We say to God, I need you to forgive my sins. We tell the truth about our sins and we ask God for forgiveness and we open ourselves up to the experience of forgiveness because Jesus died and rose again for us. And when we do that, when we confess our sins and say, God, forgive me, please, I need an experience of your forgiveness, we are, we are placing ourselves on the hammock. We're not standing on our own two feet anymore. And everything that the church does around the world from all the different streams of the church, whether Orthodox, Catholic, Protestant, Charismatic, everything, all, all, everything in the church is oriented towards helping us place our faith in Jesus Christ. Some of us were raised in, in churches where we said, wrote prayers, right? Where people just, just wrote down prayers and we said those prayers Sunday by Sunday or night by night, day by day. And, and we didn't learn to pray spontaneously, but those prayers were written to help us believe in Jesus Christ, to help us find rest for our souls in Jesus Christ. Some of us were raised in churches where, you know, you, you learn to clap your hands and praise and read the Bible for yourself, 
All of that is oriented towards helping you find rest in Jesus Christ, to believe in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And this living hammock, which is our Lord Jesus, protects us. He carries us. And as he, for, as he offers us forgiveness of sins, as he offers us protection, as he offers us rest, we also offer forgiveness to others. We offer protection to others. We offer rest to others. Jesus is the living hammock. And when we rest in him, when we come to him and place our faith in his, in his name, we find rest for our souls and we become a source of rest for other people. And so tonight, my prayer is that your faith would be rekindled, that you would actually find new ways to say to God, God, like, yes, I received this gift of rest. I, I, I placed my body in, and my soul, my whole being in your hands. I need you to carry me. I want you to be the hammock that holds my life. The second image I want to offer us is this. This is uh, something that I'm not sure if you see very much in your, in your daily work. I don't see this very often. This lives in my basement. And when I am very motivated and in great mental health, this is a really great friend to have around. This is called a, a square. Um, a set square, maybe? I forget the full name of it. But, you know, it can slide, it can slide back and forth. But the reason it's called a square is that it's a very finely made tool by a certain company that I'm not going to pr promote right now. Uh, but it's, sorry, there, anyway, you can tell. Anyway, it's a, it's a finely made tool, but the reason it's called a square is that right here, this angle is 90 degrees. And this thing has been designed so that I know when I'm working with wood, when I want to build things for my family, that this 90 degree angle is reliable. And I can measure things. And, and, and on this side, you can see maybe just how finely, like this goes down to the ah, 32nd of an inch, I think. There's millimeters and 30 seconds of inches. This is a great measuring tool. It's a straight line and a square. It helps me build things, helps me measure things, helps me know that what I'm building is going to turn out okay. Jesus is a living square. As, as, the, uh, as John the Elder says right in the beginning of our passage, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Which means that Jesus is the, the 90 degree, the true square love. Like all love can be measured by Jesus. In fact, in Jesus Christ, truth itself is measured. He is the truth. All truth is found in him. He is the measure. And, and as uh, Father John Bear and many, many other people have said, how do you know that a line is straight unless you have a straight edge, right? How do you know an angle is 90 degrees unless you've got something that is square to measure it by? And, and, the, and the people who wrote uh, the scriptures use this image of Jesus all the time. He is the one by which we can measure our lives on whom we can build. And so for you and me, this is where it gets a little bit difficult, right? Because if Jesus is the standard, if he is the, the square, the measure of love, and I am measuring, I'm allowing him to measure my life. Whew, I'm going to find out where I'm not so square. <laughs> I'm going to find out the ways in which I need to be reshaped in order to, to match the shape of my Savior. I, need, I will find the ways in which my love falls short of his love or where my love, what I think is, is actually love, is really not because it's not actually leading me to, 
to lay down my life for others as Jesus has laid down his life for me. But the amazing thing about Jesus, who is the living square, and this is what we've already heard in testimony time tonight, is that Jesus, the living square, is building our lives so that we are square as he is. Now, square is not always the best word, but do you know what I mean? Like, the, he, is, he is alive. So he shapes our lives so that our love becomes like his. So not only can we measure all things in this world by Jesus Christ, we want to see justice in this world. Well, how do you measure justice? You look at Jesus Christ who lived and died and rose again. You want to see compassion in this world. How do you measure compassion? How do you know compassion? You know compassion by Jesus Christ who lived and died and rose again. You can measure all things in this world by Jesus Christ, but then we measure ourselves. And the amazing thing is that Jesus Christ, being God and human, is transforming me, you, in the very specific details of our lives so that we fully measure up to his justice and love, wholeness and holiness, goodness, righteousness, and purity forever. See, it's not only that God receives us when we don't measure up, which he does in Jesus Christ. We put our faith in him. God welcomes us and gives us rest. It's also that God is committed to transforming us so that we actually become like Jesus, filled with the full measure of God's goodness. And of course, that means that not only do we have in Jesus Christ uh, a square by which to measure what is wrong in the world, we also have a square with which to build that which lasts, that which is genuinely good, right? In Jesus Christ, we're called to build. And that's, I think, at the heart of what the, the, the John the Elder is doing in the book of 1 John. He's trying to build up the church by calling people back to Jesus. Come back, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, and build each other up in love. Love each other practically. Now, if Jesus is building me up with his goodness, then I am called to build up other people with the goodness that he has given to me. And that gets very practical for us as the, as the, uh, as the author uh, mentions tonight. When we see another person's need, we can't just say, oh, God bless you, I'll pray for you, have a great day, and then go and be comfortable on our own. Each of us has abilities, skills, goods to share. And so we want to offer that to others practically. We want to build love and rest and joy in their lives. And so I wonder for you, like, what are the tangible ways that Jesus has built you up? What are the tangible skills that he has given you that refresh others, that, that meet the needs of others? One of the things that is a very pressing need for all of us right now and Gloria shared this tonight when she was leading us in worship so powerfully. We need rest. And we need rest in communion with friends. We are isolated from each other. It's hard being apart from each other. And one of the amazing skills that I've gotten to receive from a family member, my younger sister, in the last couple of weeks, is the gift of that kind of connection. My younger sister is just, she's a great people person. And so, I think, what, four times this year? She said, hey, we're just going to get online together and, and it's going to be like a family music night. And this most recent one, a couple of weeks ago, she said, hey, everybody, come on in. We're going to do uh, musical theater together. So in our house, my kids were like learning the songs from this musical called Come From Away. And they roped me in to accompany them. They learned music from The Lion King. 
from, I don't even know, like a bunch of different musicals. And so we got everything from like my kids to their younger cousin who's what in SK? He's five years old. The dude's like playing his music and, and his older sister brought her music. And then we had a friend of ours from Toronto who sings beautiful opera and, and everybody was just bringing the music. And we got to extend that invitation to some of the folks that we knew here in London. And it was awesome. There's this gift of connection. Because everybody is lonely right now. Everybody's isolated. And my sister built a moment of connection and community for us that we needed. And it was beautiful. And so for you, when you look at the people around you, uh, like Norm and Donna are demonstrating day by day as they build these, um, fill these barrels for St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and as they are going out of their way to love their friends and ministry partners down there, and as we get to partner with them, who are the people in your life that Jesus is actually calling you to build for, to build something practical for them so that their needs can be met this week? In this particular time of COVID, when people are parched, we are in a desert of connection. We're in a desert of, of joy. <laughs> Even the smallest drop of water is refreshing like crazy. So build. Offer that little drop of water to others. So the, the image of the hammock, the image of the square, the third image, you, go, you know where it's going to go. The third image is food. Because not even, not only is Jesus like our living hammock, not only is Jesus like our living square, but Jesus is the living bread. And he pours out living water on us. And as we, as he nourishes us with his life, he gives us power to live in these days. He gives us power to persevere. He gives us power to be nourished within where we are so hungry. So he enables us to nourish others. And the thing I love about food, and this is the bread that we will, or the cracker that we will use for communion in a moment. This is the cup that we will use for communion as well. Uh, the thing that I love about food is that, um, well, number one, it's amazing. It tastes so good and it has infinite variety to it. But, uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> but, but food, uh, has this, we have this beautiful expression in English where we say, you are what you eat, right? And so when we eat food that is delicious, that is good for us, and we feel strong, and food enters into our bodies, and it becomes totally integrated into our system. The, some of it goes out as waste, but so much of it gets transformed into the like the minerals in the food and the nutrients in the food go and nourish our muscles. They replenish our blood. They, they do this stuff that just keeps us alive. And the, like the earth that God created nourishes us through the food that we eat. And Jesus is that for us. And the amazing thing to me is that Jesus is always available to us. He is always available to nourish us. And I know that. I mean, we've heard so many testimonies tonight about people, like folks, we have had anguish in our souls for weeks as a church. But Jesus has nourished us in the middle of that. He has nourished us and fed us so that we can persevere day by day as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Hasn't Jesus given you what you needed day by day? 
He's given me what I've needed day by day. He's nourished me. And friends, as Jesus lives in us, I love this picture, right? We eat the food, we take in the life of Christ. Jesus lives in us. It is not simply that we follow his example. It's not simply that we look at, that we look at the square and say, okay, I'm going to look at that square and I'm going to make myself a square just like that. That's not how it is. <laughs> if he's a living square that becomes bread, then you eat. <laughs> you take it in the living square, which is God. And he, by his power, lives in you and me, as it says in the scriptures, right? Um, we know this, that, he, that when we keep his commands, we live in him and he lives in us. And when his power is nourishing us, when his power is alive within us, then we do express the measure of his love more and more. And then this beautiful paradox happens that in feeding others, we are fed. In defending others, we are protected. In emptying our lives for others, we are filled. In giving other people rest, we find rest. In weeping with others, we experience comfort. In reaching out to touch another person, we ourselves are touched. Because this is God's eternal life. This is how life was made to be lived in Jesus Christ. And so I pray that tonight you would be nourished deeply by the goodness of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may you find rest as you place your faith in him, trust him like a good hammock. And may you be satisfied with his judgments and his measurement. Would you build with him with faith in this season? Amen. So before we come to the table, let's just take a moment to be quiet before God. Lord Jesus, you are the living Son of God. Would you speak to our hearts, Lord? Show us where you are offering us rest and just inviting us to let you lift our burden. Where you are showing us new ways to rest in you, to trust you like a good hammock. Jesus, show us ways in which you are calling us to build with you. Ways in which you are actually changing us so that the measure of your love is growing in us. And Jesus, would you show us, would you give us new experiences of being nourished by you as you live in us by the power of your Holy Spirit? I ask in your name. You have been listening to a sermon podcast from Mosaic Intercultural Church in London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to find out more about Mosaic and about the work that we do, please check us out online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com.